Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas with another Fishers and Men video broadcast. And it is good to be here this evening with another Bible study. Um, I am not doing so well tonight. <clears throat> Haven't really been doing all that well the last few days, so just bear with me. Um, tonight we're going to be... <coughs> Picking up where we left off in in uh, Matthew chapter 1, we're going to be going through verse 6, but that's all we're going to get through tonight, because verse 6 is a whole message within itself. Um, so we'll get to that here momentarily. A um, couple of announcements. Um, so as you know, Friday night, Friday is New Year's Eve. Um, and, uh, Saturday is New Year's Day, so just wanted to let everyone know, um, you know, happy early New Year's, New Year's, um, uh, New Year's is just about to come around the corner, and so, uh, you know, in with the, in with the new, out with the old, so, um, also, want to just let everybody know, um, I will not be preaching on the 2nd this Sunday. That's been postponed to the 9th. So, I will be preaching, I will be preaching, um, on January 9th. That's a Sunday at 6 o'clock. So, there will be no, no broadcast that Sunday. Um, also... Um, just want to let everyone know, um, I am about to enter into a transition period right now in my life, and um, Lord wills, um, I will be moving down to Fort Smith, and uh, with that said, there's a lot of things that I need to do. So in the month of January, there's probably not going to be very much broadcasts, okay? Um, I'm probably will do maybe a broadcast maybe for the first couple weeks. And then after that, it's me going to probably start getting things together and heading down and then getting settled in. And so it's going to be a little, it's going to be a bit before I get back into doing videos, um... But I need to take some time to do that. So there won't be much videos at the start of the year. Um, that's not to say that I won't be doing them anymore. It's just saying that I'm not going to do as much because I need to be focusing on my transitional periods. Um, so there, you know, just want to put that out there. <clears throat> um, really, I don't know the details of everything yet. I'll keep you all posted. Um, and, uh, I'll let you all know kind of what's going on and stuff like that. But, uh, there won't, for like, after the second or third week of January, there won't be much, uh, there won't be much videos for, for a couple weeks. There may not even be, a, there won't be, there probably won't even be really any videos for the next, for the, for a few weeks. 
So please bear with me. Um, but I'm just letting you know ahead of time that I'm in that transitional period. Um, just about to enter into that transitional period. <clears throat> and uh, so just bear with me. Be patient with me. We'll get through it. And uh, we'll get back into, you know, where we you know, leave off. So, anyways, with all that said, that's all I got for the night. So we'll go ahead and dive into our lesson for the evening. <clears throat> and um, we are in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, still Matthew chapter 1. We haven't left it yet. Um, this is that third part in Matthew chapter 1. And uh, we're going to only be focusing on verse 6. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 1. And uh, we'll go ahead and get started. <coughs> Alright. So Matthew 1, and we'll start in verse 1. The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. Now remember, uh, Judas is Judah. Okay? So remember that. So Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Pharetz and Zerar of Thamar. And Pharetz begat Esram. And Esram begat Aram. And Aram begat Amenadab. And Amenadab begat Nason. And Nason begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Booz of Rechab, and Booz, which is Boaz, and Booz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and then in tonight's verse, <clears throat> and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. <clears throat> so, so far we've taken a look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And we see that it started with Abraham. Okay, then it went through his son Isaac. Then it went through his son Israel or Jacob. Jacob or Israel. Jacob had a name change. So, you know, Jacob or Israel is the same person, okay? But then we saw that once it got to Jacob, we then start we then start to saw that it narrowed it down to one person, Judah, okay, the tribe of Judah. So once we got into Judah, okay, we start to continue to go down the line. And as we had progressed, and we start to see that it's slowly progressing to going through David. <coughs> and we talked a little bit about Jesse last week. And Jesse is the father of David. Now, Jesse had eight sons, okay? David was the youngest. He, David, David was the eighth son, and he was a shepherd boy, okay? He's, David is a type and picture of Christ. And so we see that, or as we will see, is that David becomes king, and um, he, uh, he becomes king eventually. And as we see here in verse 6, is that David has a son, and his son is Solomon. Now, 
here's what's interesting. So we see that there are four women that are mentioned, four women that are mentioned in the genealogy. If I remember this correctly, we've got Tamar, who is a Gentile. We have Ruth, who is a Hebrew. We also have um, Rahab. If I remember that Rahab was a Gentile. So we have, okay, now if I remember correctly... We got Tamar. We have Ruth, Rahab. I uh, see Tamar, Ruth, and Rahab. And then the fourth one we see is Bathsheba. Now, <clears throat> the fourth one. This is very interesting, because you have four women in the genealogy. Okay, three of them are mentioned by name. But there's one of them that's not. So remember, remember the numerical pattern of four. You've got three, you got three that are similar, one's different. And the different one, the, ones, the one that's different is, is Bathsheba. Okay, she's not mentioned by name. She's mentioned, but she's not mentioned by name. Okay, so we see that it says that David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the, the wife of Urias. Okay, so we know who the wife of Uriah was if you know your Bible. It's, that's Bathsheba. But again, she's only referenced but not called out by name. Now, why is that? Well, I have a theory as to why that is. One of the things, my theory, I could be wrong, so don't take this as truth, but my theory as to why she's not mentioned by name, okay, is because God was not happy, God was probably not happy with Bathsheba for one of two reasons, or it could be both. First... Because she was, she married a Hittite, which God says you weren't supposed to do. Or, and or, it could be the fact that David had, David, David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And therefore, you know, she wasn't mentioned by name, but I don't think. I don't think it's that, just to think about it. I don't think it's that. I think it's more so that, it's more so, I think, that um, Bathsheba had married a Hittite when she shouldn't have, okay? Now, <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, turn with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Okay? Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 4, it says, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, where thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, 
the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt, thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shew mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Okay, so we see that God was very strict about Israel mingling themselves with these nations. If you know who Uriah is, he's a Hittite. And the Hittites is one of those mentioned in that group. Okay? <clears throat> and so that's kind of my proof as to why I think God did not mention Bathsheba by name. I can be wrong, so don't take everything I say for truth. But that's just kind of my theory based on what Scripture says. Now, <clears throat> the other reason why God didn't call Bathsheba by name is because God didn't recognize David's marriage to Bathsheba. The reason why God didn't recognize David's marriage because she was stolen. Okay, so think about that. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. She conceived a child, and David also had Uriah killed to cover it up. David took Bathsheba to wife, therefore he stole another man's wife. And if you steal another man's wife, God will use... Use it will use specific terminology. I could be wrong on that too, so don't don't take what I say. Now, David. <coughs> Let's talk about David. <clears throat> Ruth chapter Ruth chapter four, verse twenty-two. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. In Luke chapter one, verse thirty-two, it says, "He shall be great, and he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David." This addition to the name of David is because of the object of Matthew's gospel. As we look in verse 6 of Matthew, we see that David begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. And I think the reason why she isn't mentioned by name is because David committed adultery with her, which is, you know, with her, which is Bathsheba. And maybe I may, and I, and I can okay, I can kind of see where I kind of went with that. I could I couldn't remember why I where I went with that. So I apologize. I'm kind of rambling on and on and on. I've got so much on my mind right now. So just bear with me, all right? Um, but second in Second Samuel chapter eleven verses three through five, it says, "And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this, this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house, and the woman conceived, and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. 
We see that David took her and lay with her, meaning they had relations. Means that, means that there was an affair going on. David had an affair with another man's wife. And had a child. Okay, so there was an affair that took place. And in that affair, a child was birthed from that affair. If that makes sense. Um, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 6. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. What David did was against the law, but because he went against the law, God did have mercy on him, as we see here in a little bit. Okay? So David, he broke the law. Okay, Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Deuteronomy 5.18, Neither shall thou commit adultery. We see, after, we see after that affair, David had Uriah the Hittite killed to try to cover up his sin. Second <clears throat> Samuel chapter 11, verse 14 through 15, And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote letter, a letter to Joab, and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. And we see here in verse 16 through 17, it says, And it came to pass, when Joab, Joab observed, the, observed the city, that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people, the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Again, we see that David also broke another law, and God was displeased with him. However, we do continue to we see that God had mercy on him, as we will see. Okay. <clears throat> Second Samuel, chapter eleven, verse twenty-seven, and when the morning was past, David sent. And fetched her to his house, and she became his wife, and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, Thou shalt not kill. Again, in Deuteronomy 5, 17, Thou shalt not kill. The reason why David displeased the Lord is because he had relations with another man's wife, while he was still living, and had him killed to try to cover his sin, and took Bathsheba the wife, and the child was born. So I want you to think about that. While Uriah was alive, David had an affair with his wife while he was still living. And then David had him killed to cover up his sin. The Bible does make it clear that if you were to kill a man, then you would have to be killed. But God had mercy and forgiveness towards David. Remember, this was David is a man after God's own heart, and he did this. And yet, God had, God had, God forgave him for that. Second Samuel chapter twelve, verse thirteen. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin; thou shalt not die. 
when it says the Lord hath put away his sin, it means that divine forgiveness instantly follows the sinner's confession. <coughs> so what that means is, when you repent, God forgives you. Okay? God forgives you. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Job chapter 42, verse 6, Wherefore I abhor myself and repent, and repent in dust and ashes. And verse 8 of that same chapter, Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks, seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, and that ye have not spoken of me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. And we see in verse 10 of that same chapter, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 5-7, through seven, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an unclean um, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath, this hath touched thy lips. And thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. <clears throat> Luke chapter 15, verses 18 and 20. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And verse 20 it says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Amen. So even though David had sinned, David asked the Lord for forgiveness and God forgave him for what he did. But that doesn't mean he didn't suffer the consequences because he still had consequences to his actions. And if you sin, God will forgive you and cleanse you, but there's still consequences to your actions. Amen. Now, let's take a look at Solomon. Solomon. Who was Solomon? Well, Solomon was the third king of Israel. The term, the king, is omitted by all the critical Greek texts enumerated and named in Solomon. That's, in, that's interesting, isn't it? The term king is omitted by all the critical Greek texts, enumerated and named in Solomon. Second <clears throat> Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. And David com comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went, in and went in unto her and lay with her. And she bare a son, and called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. We ask ourselves a question, why isn't Solomon mentioned in Luke 
but is mentioned in Matthew. Well, something we need to we need to understand. The line in Matthew is the regal line through Solomon, exhausted in Joseph. The line in Luke is the legal line through Nathan, an elder brother, exhausted in Mary. So the line in Matthew we see is exhausted to Joseph, and the line that we see in Luke is exhausted to Mary. And we will get to that when we get to the book of Luke. But because Matthew is the the legal line through line through Solomon exhausted in Joseph, the legal line is the adoptive side versus the legal line through Nathan, the exhausted in Mary. Jesus Christ's blood comes from Nathan as listed in Luke, which is Mary's genealogy. So Matthew, so we know Mary and Joseph's genealogy simply by the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. So Matthew is Joseph's genealogy, and we see that, and Luke is Mary's genealogy. That's why Solomon is mentioned in one and not both. <coughs> now, Jesus has, noth has nothing from Joseph. Because God, God was... Because Jesus' father is God. Okay, that's the father. What comes from Joseph is whatever Joseph had, from, had for an earthly inheritance. Which we could ask the question, was Joseph the last rightful heir to the throne of David? This would make sense, right? With that said, God couldn't use any bloodline, any blood from Solomon because of, you know, if you think about it, if you think of, if, if you think about it, because Solomon fell away for a while, we know he came back, but there was a lot of evil in Solomon's life because of the wives that he took. Just like his mother. Wink, wink. Think about that for a second. Now, Solomon came through Bathsheba, but Nathan, who is mentioned in Luke's genealogy, came from a different came from a different wife of David, probably Ab possibly Abigail. And remember, David had like he had numerous wives. Just saying, he, he didn't just have one wife, he had numerous wives. I don't know exactly how much, but he, he had more than one wife. Another reason why Jesus Christ didn't come through Solomon, because his mother was stolen through murder by David. That's, which is a pretty bad sin. Okay, it's a grievous sin. Also, Solomon was also an occultist for a while. You might say, well, that's kind of that's kind of bad. Why would you say that? Well, if you think about it, Solomon had many Solomon had many many foreign wives. 
which God said, don't mingle yourself with. His wives turned his heart away. And for a good portion of Solomon's life, he was an occultist. Now, did Solomon stay that way? No. God chastened him and he came back. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. But for a while, Solomon was an occultist. Okay? Solomon's mother was stolen property. David murdered her husband. Now, many might ask, why did I say that Solomon was part of the occult in his later life? I'll tell you why. <clears throat> How many of you know what the six-pointed star is? Okay? The six-pointed star. That's Now, some will say... Well, that's the, that's the Star of David and, and all that stuff. And you find that in the Jewish flag and they have a whole bunch of stuff. No. Okay, no. You'll realize that the six-pointed star is on the Israeli flag. But that is not the Jewish symbol. Don't, don't be naive into thinking that that's the Jewish symbol because it's not. <clears throat> that's act You know what that six-pointed star represents? 666. So if you're saying that a symbol that that is 666 represent the Jews, I wouldn't go there. I really wouldn't. Think before you speak and do your research. Don't just say stuff because others say it. Don't say don't repeat what I say. You think you you say what I you you take what I say and you match it with the Bible. Okay, but the six-pointed star is known as the hexagram, in which witches would use to point a hex at, to point a hex on someone. Some say it's the star of David, but David never used it. However, it is called the seal of Solomon. In a book called the the. The Secret Teachings of All Ages on page 100, or at least a small portion of that book, I should say. Uh, Manly P. Hall, this is what he mentions. This, this is what Manly P. Hall says in that book. He says, Man's threefold lower nature consists of his physical organism. His emotional nature and his mental faculties reflects the light of his threefold divinity and bears witness of it in the physical world. Man three, man's three bodies are symbolized by an upright triangle. His threefold spiritual nature by an inverted triangle. These two triangles, when united in the form of a six-pointed star, were called by the Jews the Star of David. The signet of Solomon and are more commonly known today as the Star of Zion. These triangles symbolize the spiritual and material universes linked together in the constitution of the human creature who partakes of both nature and divinity. Man's animal nature partakes of the earth, his divine nature of the heavens, his human nature of the mediator. Does anyone know what a, what a signet is? 
A signet is a small seal on a ring. So, so other words, what Manly P. Hall was telling you, it's known as the seal of Solomon. So what Manly P. Hall is, what I just read from Manly P. Hall, he said, that's not the star of David. That's, that's the signet of Solomon, the seal of Solomon. So what does that tell you? It means that Solomon used it. Used a six-pointed star for his signet. I'm telling you, this is this is probably during the times when he was when he backslid. But that's what Manly P. Hall says. I know. It's a shocker. You can gasp. Because <gasps> it's a shocker. Some will say that this is the symbol of the Jews. Okay? When I say that, the six-pointed star, they say it's a symbol of the Jews. But let me, let me ask you something. Why would you correlate something that a witch would use to cast a spell on people as a symbol of the Jewish people? The actual symbol of the Jewish people is the seven candlestick menorah. That is the actual symbol of the Jewish people. The seven candlestick menorah. Which I think is a lot better than a six-pointed star. Can I get an amen from God's people on that? Also, here's another thought-provoking thing. Why do you think Hitler made the Jews Why do you think that why do you think Hitler made the Jews wear a hexagram? This is because I believe Hitler was trying to send a message to the world to get the world to believe that the Jews were a cursed people. And as we know, the Jews are not a cursed people. The Jews are not cursed. Okay, they're lost, but they're not cursed. God divorced them, sure, but he's going back to them. <clears throat> People need to do their homework. They need to think with their heads. They need to do their homework and not assume that when they see that six-pointed star, that it's the, it's the symbol of the Jews. By the way, let me ask you something. Okay, I, I said that that six-pointed star is 666. Why would, you, why would you correlate a sinister number like that to the Jews? Why would you do that? Why? Wouldn't it be better to correlate the seven-candlestick menorah to the Jews? Do you know why? Because the seven candlestick menorah represents the word of God. And by the way, who gave us the word of God? Through whom did God give us the word of God? It was the Jews. Who were the authors? Who, 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 who did God use to speak and write our Bible? The Jews. Jewish prophets. 
Think. Let's not stick our heads in the sand. Think with your head. God, God gave us a brain. We need to use it. Um, the understanding of Uriah's wife and another reason Jesus could not not come through Solomon. Okay? Because <clears throat> remember, Matthew is the, the genealogy, is, is Joseph's genealogy. Okay? Luke is Mary's genealogy. Now, God would pass the earthly throne by Solomon, but never use that DNA for himself. Okay? You know why? Because if Christ came, if Christ was the offspring of David, then Christ couldn't be our perfect sacrifice. Think on that for a moment. Christ could never be our perfect sacrifice if he was, if he was the son of David. Like the son of Joseph, sorry. Because if Joseph was the physical father of Jesus, Jesus would have had a sin nature. That's why Joseph is the stepfather. In other words, God trusted Joseph to help raise his son. But Joseph was not the biological father. Amen? Now, um, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 14. And these be the names of those that were born unto him in Jerusalem. Shammuah, and Shobab, and Nathan, and Solomon. Now we also see that Solomon loved many foreign wives. Solomon loved many foreign wives. Where do you think he got that from? Probably his mother. Do you know why? Because Bathsheba married a foreign man. She married a Hittite. God said, don't do that. Like mother, like son. Just telling you. Now, I just I want to say something. Okay? Do I think Solomon is in heaven? You bet I do. Go read Ecclesiastes. I believe Solomon's in heaven. I think we'll see we'll see him in heaven. Okay? First, just putting that out there because I don't want you thinking that I think that Solomon was evil, wicked, and died evil and wicked, okay? That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm, what I'm saying is that Solomon backslid terribly because of his wives. Backslid. First Kings chapter 11, verse 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Amor. Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites. Now, clearly, as we've seen, Solomon should not have done this. 
Solomon should have never done that. If you don't believe me, go read Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through 4. Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 4. Go read it. You'll see exactly why he shouldn't have done that. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 17, 17. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. In 1 Kings 11, 3-4, And he had, 700, he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart away. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of, his fa the heart of David his father. For Bathsheba, she was the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So guess what? Now Solomon loved many strange women. And God said, don't do that. But he did anyways. 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 3. And David sent and inquired after the women. And one said, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Elion, the, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? I know that's a repeat, but just to kind of give you some perspective. Now the Hittites were foreign, and Bathsheba shouldn't have married him by God's law. Solomon was in the foreign women, and he shouldn't have done that as well. That was a no-no. Um, Deuteronomy 7, 1-4, I've already read. You can go back, um, go back and read that. Um, but you know what? I'll, just, I'll go ahead and read it again, okay? Because I already read it once, I'll read it again. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 4. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou, and when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shew mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. You see... God was very, very strict about that. Now, there is a question I like to ask. If Bathsheba married a foreign man, and David stole Bathsheba and had Uriah killed, and David married her, could they have been could there have been a chance to where that spirit that Bathsheba had got passed down to Solomon. Let's make this simple for you. Is it possible that the spirit that Bathsheba had from marrying Uriah, could that have got passed down to Solomon? I think it's very possible. Spirits can be passed down. 
By the way, the only way to break that is to believe on Christ and put your faith and trust in Him and be born again. But I'm just saying, is that possible? I personally think it is. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and what? They shall be what? One flesh. Matthew 19, 5. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. If the man and wife cleave to each other to become one flesh, then wouldn't they be of one spirit, just as we are one spirit in Jesus Christ? If we are born again of the Spirit, and if we in Christ are of one Spirit, don't you think that a married couple would be of one Spirit? Which is why you need to be careful who, who you're married to. Just saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized in a one body whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. If Christ be not risen, therefore all prophecies must fail. Think about that. If Christ did not be risen, then all prophecies will fail. Amen. Now, <clears throat> one short little thing on Uriah. Second um, Samuel twelve twenty four. Turn there with me. 2 Samuel 12, 24. Um, yeah. It says here, David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, went into onto her and lay with her, and she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. I guess that wasn't for Uriah, so I apologize. Wrong verse. My bad. Urias was a Hittite and the husband of the husband of Bathsheba. Second Samuel eleven three. Um it's a repeat, so I apologize. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Urias was killed by the order of King David to try to cover up his own sin. In other words, David had an affair with, had an affair with Bathsheba, another man's wife, while he was still living. And to cover up so that he would never know that it happened, had him killed. That's as simple as I can make it. 2 Samuel 11, 14-15. Again, it's a repeat. So when it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab, 
consented by the by the hand of Uriah, and he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. So David committed adultery, committed fornication, committed theft, committed lust, committed murder, broke all the Ten Commandments. He was a man after God's own heart. And if God could forgive David for what he did, he can sure forgive you of the sins that you've committed. But you must ask and repent. And God will forgive you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. David was not, probably felt unworthy to be king after he did all that. But you want to know something? He was still king, even after all the stupidity that he ever did in his flesh. He wasn't taken down from the throne. Sure, he was chased around by his family. But he wasn't he wasn't taken down by the throne. He wasn't his throne wasn't taken down. And even after all that, he still did stupid stuff and had to repent for it. David still king. David was still king. Think about that. Hopefully that could be some of some of Encouragement for you. Uh, just a couple cross-reference scriptures. 2 Samuel eleven twenty-seven, And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. Um, 2 Samuel twelve twenty-four, And David com comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went unto her, lay with her. She bare a son, called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. Again, it's a repeat, and I apologize. There's a lot of, I probably repeated a lot of these verses, but I just want you all to understand what I'm getting at, all right? Last but not least here, Matthew 1 5, the previous verse before that. And Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David, and David begat Solomon of Hur. That was the the wife of Uriah. Believe it or not, I am done. You know how long have we been going? Fifty minutes, fifty minutes and almost fifty seconds. See, I told you, verse six was a whole message on its own. Amen. So that's all I got for tonight. I know it's a lot of information. Feel free to watch it over and over again. You know, you'll uh, you might learn something new when you go through it numerous times. Um, really quickly, just want to recap uh, 
before I sign off tonight. Just want to recap on some things real quick. Um, Friday is New Year's Eve, so you guys stay safe. Have a good New Year's. Have a blessed New Year's. Um, something to look forward to. Um, not this Sunday, but a week from Sunday, I will be preaching, so there will be no video that on that night. Um, obviously, because I will be recording that message. And um, I'm going to be preaching on new beginnings in the number eight. So pray for me on that. <clears throat> and then last but not least, uh, remember that I'm in kind of in a transitional period of my life. So I might do some videos like the first uh, maybe two, three weeks. And then after that, it's going to be... I won't be doing them as much, maybe not even all for a few weeks, just so I can kind of get things taken care of and get my business dealt with and taken care of, alright? So there'll be not, uh, no videos after like the second or third week of the thing. I'm not trying to not preach or anything like that, but I, I got stuff I got to do and things that God's working on in my life. And uh, so just so you know on that, um, other than that, um, that is it. So hopefully this video was a blessing for you guys. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. Hopefully you learned something about this. Um, hopefully you all know now and learned about the actual hexagram and where that actually comes from and why it's not a symbol of the Jews. Okay. Hopefully you all get something from that. Okay. Uh, other than that, that's, that's going to be it for the evening. Um, I am kind of tired, really not doing all that well tonight. Haven't been doing well the last few days. So you pray for me, pray for my ministry, pray, uh, for God's leading in this transition period I'm in right now. Um, and, um, Lord willing, I'll be transitioning down into Fort Smith. So my days here in Fayetteville are numbered. Um, but I'm going to probably be, I'll be living my life in, in Fort Smith, um, closer to work and church and, and, uh, just, just close, you know? So anyways, love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a, a blessed evening. You guys have a good new year's and Lord willing, we may see you Sunday. All right. Other than that, uh, next week we'll continue to pick up in verse 7. And I don't know how far we're getting to that. So we will uh, pick up in verse 7 next week. Lord willing. Alright? So love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a blessed New Year's. And uh, we will. I will see you all in the year 2022. Can't believe it's that already. So God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Love you. And we'll see you then. God bless you guys. See ya. Bye.